you know, those PS5s and uh, how much they're stocked is a is a problem, as we've found. Like, you know, the the amount of people who just sort of pre-ordered that thing just so they could resell it for like ten times the price. I think we have eBay. a news article technically about that indirectly. Well, we even talked about how uh, we we did talk to. Uh, well, we tried to reach out to Nikolai Traxit, who we know is in charge of the distribution part. Absolutely. In our previous episode. And so we already know that, yeah, there's definitely a shortage. Yes. I thought that was for the KF's console. Oh, fuck. The number of people that have reached out to me confused as to what the KF console is because of <laughs> last week's thumbnail is way too goddamn high, and I love it. Oh, that's, that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And, and But today, we get to add to that. Now, now we get an anthem for our our lamentable position here. See, Alex, I told you anthem wasn't dead. I told you it'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about a song, not a video a- game. Actual, that's like actual anthem, literal anthem. So, yeah, anthem, you know the game with the power armors <laughs> that looks like Iron Man anthem. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, the the. Front man, I guess for lack of a better term, of Coheed and Cambria, Claudio Sanchez, just impromptu, wrote a wrote a beautiful, haunting little little song all about the the lamenting the lack of PS fives. I th- I think uh, he he actually has one, so he's playing while playing <laughs> the game. Yeah, fuck that like, guy. <laughs> but <laughs> but. So yeah, he just just picked up his guitar and sang this beautiful, haunting little melody, all about how uh, there's there's no there's not enough PS5s to go around, and and it's and it's a pain, it's a uh, existential pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I stand very, by fuck that guy a little bit at least. Yeah, it's it's almost like he's he's taunting, taunting everybody. Uh, the lyrics are are simple; they they're to the point. There is no more left of you. In stock, PlayStation. They should have made more of you. I- <laughs> It's weird, like, there's been some graphics card news lately that has me sitting there going, I, I, I know I'm going to buy a PS5 eventually. Like, the, the reality is I can't mentally go through the gymnastics to justify the purchase of an Xbox Series X, given the kind of PC situation I have, where it's, like, for the price of a new Xbox, I can buy the parts I need to upgrade my computer pretty easily. And all that shit's coming to PC, ultimately, too. But PS5's like, yeah, we still have exclusives. I'm like, I know you have exclusives, you harlot of a console. I want those <laughs> exclusives, goddammit. I want to play them. Spider-Man 2 is going to happen eventually. Miles Morales already happened, and that's also quite good. But, like, they're sitting there being like, yo, you want to play more uh, Horizon Zero Dawn? Yeah, yeah, I do. We've got a sequel coming out. Yeah, I know, you motherfucker. Yeah, I know. I'll buy you eventually, guys. But also until, like, Slayer writes a song about the lack of PS5s, I'm not sure I'm interested. Most except just be them being like, THERE'S NONE! <laughs> Where do you get Linus Brutal? We're like, yeah, yeah, it is. So, Death to so scalpers! Coheed did, 
Let's go. He did the PS5 one. Who would do the Xbox Series X shortage song? Dubstep. <laughs> God, that's so accurate. From the vapor chamber. <laughs> oh, but you said that. I'm like, fuck. Like we're out of stop, 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 stop. stop. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, I'm, it, it fits I, with the title or the, yeah, the name of, name of the yeah. stupid fucking naming conventions. And like not the to not modern... dubstep, but also pick like the most corporately acceptable. But at the same time, like we're different and artsy, but totally okay in corporate environments. Band out there, possible dubstep. Yep. Yeah. In the yeah. same way that I also think a prog rock band yeah. is also fitting for oh, the prog PS5. Prog rock is Sony. They're like, we have fighting us. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, fuck you, prog rock. But then like Xbox <laughs> is out there being like, we are embracing the EDM of the children. We're like, that's a terrible sentence to say. <laughs> we ran a focus group, not getting better. To find out what children like, it sounds like you end up a bunch of kids with a van. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, exactly. Like Of the two companies, that's the one... Sony is a dad that still wants you to get really into the bands he was into back when he was a kid, and Microsoft's out there, like, he's that uncle that's like, so I was listening to the Kiss 108 the other day, and you're like, what the fuck's a radio old man? He's like, oh, I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, it's fitting, because EDM is fitting for for a console being out of stock, because the only thing that takes longer than the drop in a fucking song from them is fucking getting in stock again, so... Perfect. I, Alex, I haven't said this in a while, and I do mean this from, like, the depth of my heart. Like, the the black fetid pit that is where my heart should be. I hate you for that. I hate you so much. I wish I could hate you to death for putting that thought in my mind. Let it never be forgotten how much I hate you. No inventory! Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 233. I am Kraken Zero, uh, aka Henry, and I am joined, as always, by Mordak, aka Charlie, and Alex, aka Mave Online. We are here to bring you news of games. <laughs> Hopefully, I, news of games that you. I'm not here to do that about. this week. I'm here to talk about the fact that we've linked Sonic being responsible for all the bad in 2020. Like, I'm here to spread that truth. <laughs> Fuck video games this week. The year of Sonic was terrible. We all know it. And we're all afraid to say it because we're afraid of what Sonic will do next. Yeah. He already, already brought the. The year of Sonic, where we had at least one big news item each month, one big press release every single month. They and engineered it so that Sonic was the biggest movie of 2020. You're here first, folks. The conspiracy is broken. It's all Sega's fault. Sega, please don't <laughs> sue us for libel on this one. We're kidding. <sighs> it's been a weird so, week. Yeah, tell us. Uh, so I... I did not get up to much. Ma- uh, I did not get up to magic video game because my brain was like, "You should say that dumb sentence, Charlie." That's the sentence you should start off with. No, I. 
didn't get up to much of the video game space. I, I played some Destiny. Played some, like I'm, I'm circling the end of Cyberpunk like a shark, but like not a shark invested. A shark that's like, oh, I'm really enjoying the seal flailing about, and I want it to end. But like, I'm running out of other stuff I can do before I actually have to do the final missions of that game. And I, if it's a weird place to be, and we're like, no, once this is over, I'm gonna take a big break from this game until. Like, A, the DLC starts coming out for they've already said it's in development, and B, this game is dramatically more fixed. Because as much as I have fun playing that game, never forget it's a real problem. But the real standout this week for me in video game space was I cleaned my garage. Mm. I conducted the archaeological dig that is going through my garage. Uh, so, people listen to this podcast know I bought a house at one point, like a couple years back at this point, and since I moved, there has been... I want to say, like, no less than 10 boxes out in my garage of video game stuff that I promised I would go through at some point and had just kind of lazily been avoiding for literally since we moved in kind of thing, and I finally got around to that over this weekend, and I feel like uh, Indiana Jones and the Raider of the Lost GameStop or something were just uh, some of the bullshit I have owned in the video game space over the span of my life, apparently, that's managed to travel with me coast-to-coast and other places is both admirable and a little bit terrifying. And I think the terrifying thing from yesterday, I think, did I send either of you this picture where I had boxes that were just full of not video games, but the cases the video games came in? At some point, I must have put all of my games that were in these cases into a binder of some kind, which I have yet to locate, but I know it's somewhere in the garage because I've seen it, like, since we moved. Kind of thing. I know I've pulled something out of it once or twice, but I managed to, like, fill halfway up my recycling bin with just empty Xbox 360 cases and, like, PS3 cases. You, you, there's a wow. very deliberate point where I'm like, I plan, I'm like fuck this, I'm going digital, because it stops being games at one point. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess PS3 and Xbox 360... When I was still buying physical hardware or like lots of used stuff, and then after that, I'm like, I have a, I have a job that pays okay. Nothing but digital from now on. And that was a whole nightmare unto itself. But I also managed to, um, as many people on Reddit claim to do, but I actually did. I found some uh, lost gems out in my garage of forgotten video game past that gave me some chuckles. I people may not remember at this point, and maybe it's kind of my nostalgia for how much I hated talking about this game, uh, but Diablo 2 at one point put out this ridiculous, like, all-in-one hell box that I didn't buy myself. I think I got given it by someone at some point. I don't know. But it was this, like, awkward one-foot-high by, like, two-and-a-half feet long collector's edition box that defied all logic of its existence. But I had that. I had the, uh, Warcraft 3 complete battle chest edition out there. Not in a good mm. box, but like the shitty, like, all of Warcraft 3 is in one cardboard container. And we put, and that's so cheap by just ramming all of the game boxes into a shitty piece of cardboard. I, I found my, like, Burning Crusade and original WoW install discs. That was bizarre in their Oh, like, I little still boxes. have those around. Yeah. Because wow. Burning Crusade was like, the brief time I played was. A little bit before, I started a little bit before Burning Crusade, yep. but didn't play that much longer after that, so I still have that box around. Don't know why. I guess I just pack rat when yeah, it comes I, to I, video I, games. I, I, the, the one I always find funny, because I had to keep it for decades for other reasons, was, I don't know how, but my Steam account got linked to an email that didn't exist, and there was a chunk of time where 
updating your email in Steam was weirdly complicated. So, <laughs> and I would go for like chunks not using Steam. Like I'm talking like two or three years not using Steam because I didn't PC game during that time. But occasionally, like okay, it's time to get back into PC gaming for a little while. And I had to keep this fucking Half Life Two Game of the Year edition box. I think around not because I needed the disc because it was all on Steam at that point. But because I needed the uh, product code off of it to get reaccessed into my Steam account every like <laughs> two years, so that finally is going away. But because I don't have that problem anymore, but I, it was a trip and some. I, I found some stuff that apparently, like, I found some like I had some cool metal box games at one point. That I, those are staying around because they're neat and they're kind of cool in the art spectrum. But mm-hmm. I also found I have a small collection of rare and like as a result collector item games and i guess the crown jewel of that collection i now own is a horrible uh wii u game called the devil's third which i did not know about this like i devil's third is weird right it came out and then like immediately the price dropped to like twenty dollars at least i managed to find a game of it for twenty dollars so somehow I wound up with two copies of it. One that I never opened, and one that I played so I could witness the terribleness that was that game. <laughs> and as a result, I now still have a, like, in-vacuum seal copy of The Devil's Third. Mm. Apparently I've that, never even heard of it. I You have no reason to have. Uh, it's, it's quite bad. Let me get the names right for it. I, it's the last game from the uh, original... Oh god, what's his name? Itagaki, I think. No, that doesn't sound right. Uh, hang on. I'm looking at the design. Yeah, it, it's Itagaki. Like it's the last like big game, and I use the word big in heavy quotations from Itagaki, the the man who wore sunglasses and had problems uh kind of with women oh, yeah. through Oh yeah, that's his history. studio. I'm not yep. sure he was involved, but it is from his studio. He was involved. He he was involved. He like this guy, there are some fantastic videos out there of like the history of Devil's Third, and this game was truly plagued by just some bizarre development kind of weirdness that happened with it. But I guess as a result, like this, the story I know about this game is it came out, it did not review well, it did not test well, it did not anything well. So it had a very limited run. And then no one wanted the game, so like this was a surprisingly low number of the game out there to begin with, let alone unopened ones. And I guess like this fucking game is worth between like two hundred and fifty bucks and five hundred, depending on your quality. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I would sell that bitch. I kind of just like having it at this point. It's kind of fun to have this bizarre thing. Like it's up there with my copy of the Bible game. A thing I bought, ironically, to piss off the church when I was a youth. Uh, my PS2 copy of the Bible game, still new in box. <laughs> I, Are you familiar uh, with that story either? Did you know this? They made a online version of this. Online-only yes. version. It was available for nine months, only in Japan, and it's gone. It's just the multiplayer. Yep. You you are devoid of the amazing story mode of this game, and by amazing I mean god awful. This game, okay. if I remember correctly, I'm looking at pictures of it. Yep, this is what I expected out of Itagaki. Oh yeah, it's it's Itagaki without someone over his shoulder being like, maybe tone it back a little bit, like it's not the '90s anymore. <sighs> 
Yeah. Oh I, god, it is. This is supremely Itagaki. Yeah, yeah, it, it is pinnacle Itagaki. It is worst. Like, it, it's. But yeah, no, that that's it's the thing I found like that. The Bible game. I found my uh, Command and Conquer three Red Alert like steel box mm. for that. I found yeah, all yeah. Of my Destiny bullshit. I'm like, oh yeah, I have a bunch of Destiny bullshit. Yeah, it's found again. It was fun. I always enjoy kind of the, the trip down memory lane. It was mostly the like, yeah, so I have Devil's Third, okay, in packaging. Oh, oh my, right this way, Mr. Ex- Elite Video Game Collector. <laughs> yeah, I guess like it comes down to like which store you have it from, and I have one that has, it's just sealed. There's no markings on That's the good one to have, I guess. Like, I think it's like, it's that one, and then like the best buy one, especially if you have the like, numerous markdowns on it because it's like <laughs> slapped them on top of the box where it went from like 50 to 20 in the span of a couple of days because one of them gone yeah i devil's third devil's fucking third yes i, I felt pretty like gamestop actually there i'm like i'm throwing all these cases why because fuck them i don't need them recycled throwing out the wrong word I, I would not throw that much plastic in the garbage and feel like a decent human being at the same time, though, I feel kind of like an ass human being for having contributed that much plastic being out there. Like, I, it's... We don't, like, have to get into the like, ecological impact of gaming, but, like, holy fuck am I glad digital's more and more viable. The, the amount of storage space I now have, having just kind of purged all of these cases out of my life, is high, and... That's bad, and I'm not saying people that have, like, the big video game libraries they travel around with are wrong. Like, that's cool, but also, yeah, I don't know. There's something about what I did yesterday that just has me going, why the fuck did it take me so long to swap to digital? Like, I feel genuinely bad about, like, having that much waste come out of me at once, where it's like, no, there's no purpose for me to hold on to these things. Why aren't video games just sold in, like, paper sleeves or something, at least, like? But why? Well, I did. I did like when they started like more and more, and I noticed this packaging. You know, near the end of the kind of life of the CDs, especially was they started packaging a lot of like PC games and CDs in like all paper packaging, yeah. like hundred percent paper, which is actually pretty recyclable. Like in that type of cardboard, you can just throw it back into the acid vats and remake it no exactly that's what i'm talking endlessly. about the, like the, yeah. the amount like and it's weird because over the span like again like i had this kind of perfect thing in front of me over the span of the xbox life cycle the cases got lighter because using less plastic like the first like couple years of that thing had these thick meaty slabular cases for the game cases and by the end they're like oh yeah this is kind of light and flimsy feeling like i'm okay with that more i guess but yeah, yeah. I, I literally filled up half of my recycling bin with game cases, and I felt, like, gross having done that. Yeah, I, I did that a long time ago with, like, pretty much all of my games from all my different systems. I kept this, I kept, like, the sleeves, or, you know, the kind of instruction booklets and whatnot, and even, like, the back part of, like, that went into, like, dual cases. And, yeah, it's just, like, I reduced the size, the overall size of my kind of collection to very small. However, I never... I didn't do that with my DVDs for the most part. Like, I still have shit tons of fucking DVDs of movies, mostly movies. Part of this, I came across my collection of that, too, and 
I, I just have this more. I'm gonna keep these specific things. They have some special value to me. They're hard to find, but like, I realize almost everything I own, I have like some digital access to it. It's not like I have the need to watch fucking Ferris Bueller's Day Off all that frequently. But it was just me being like, why do I fucking own this shit? Like, I have never opened up this or that or this, and I kept the stuff that like has actual meaning to me, but like. I, I think the Marie Kondo thing where it's like, oh, get rid of stuff that doesn't spark joy, that's a little bit bullshit because like I like having trophies from shit and I like having like things out memory. But yeah, I've amassed a bunch of stuff where it just it's me sitting there going, I moved across country with a bunch of this stuff. What fucking why? Yeah, and I guess that's why I was glad, like, at least for you know, I have more video games than anything. Like yeah. I, st- I have a big DVD collection, let me tell you, but also more games than that, and the fact that I did finally, like, break down all my games and get them out of their jewel cases and just stick them into fucking sleeve cases. Cut down a lot of fucking space. Yeah, Like, a lot. Holy shit. I think it's because, like, I don't really... I guess the jewel cases are just kind of shitty anyways. I... And... Who knows, I'm not quite... I guess, to a certain extent, I'm still not quite sure why I kept the DVD cases and don't just also stick all of those into All of my video games wound up in sleeves. All of my DVDs still in their fucking DVD cases. I could not explain that thought logic to you. Like, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. So, no, but yeah, I have managed to like almost add a third of extra space to my garage that's usable now because <laughs> I've gotten through all these boxes. It was a kind of horrific mess, and I, it, it's, I, I had some weird, exp- I had some weird talks with people yesterday where it's like, well, it's like just keep them all in the boxes, and it, it's this bizarre thing where it's like, no, no, move across the country, or like move a dramatic amount of distance multiple times in your life, and the idea of keeping, like, that many cases around, like, people that do it, fucking power to you, if you can just, like, saran wrap the bookshelf they live on, send that across town, go for it. But honestly, like, what are we doing? Like, why is anyone still buying physical video games? Like, except for the Switch, because the Switch takes up, like, a fucking post-it note of plastic. Yeah. But also, why are we doing that? Like, just be the adult and buy the giant micro SD card for that thing already. Like, I, wh- why? You don't actually ever go back to this shit with any frequency. Like, most people just don't ever go back. You keep moving forward like a shark, like you're supposed to, because most video games you remember being awesome aren't because nostalgia's a son of a bitch. Yeah, I... Sorry, this is my kind of weird rant for this month, I think, but yeah, it, it was weirdly freeing being like, no, all this plastic is out of my life now, and Holy shit, do I like if I like slim down my possessions that are in boxes by a staggering percentage? Mm. Yeah. But yeah, no, I have that and WandaVision have mostly what I've been up to. It's just kind of plugging away mm. and stuff. Uh, I like WandaVision a lot. It's weird. Like, it's got that kind of fun, creeping dread in the background. It, it's not quite the same type of weird that Legion was, but it invokes the kind of same, right, a big chunk of the Marvel versus sinister as fuck. Yeah, I've I've been interested interested in checking that out. Of the kind of Marvel series, that's definitely one of the ones that I'm like, eh, actually, I, that, like I saw the watch the trailer for it, and I was like, yeah, there's there's a surrealness to it. No, and that's why I think very about it. intentional yeah, it, surrealness. And I, I think so it's I can, the movie Bob did a really good job of explaining that. Like, unlike a lot of other stuff that's trying to channel that, like, look how fucking creepy 1950s TV was in hindsight, but like doesn't pull it off. This one does that really well by just yeah. making a couple episodes 
of 1950s TV starring superheroes, and when the, like, creepiness creeps in, it's very obvious it's there, and because they've done an unbelievably good job of recreating the stuff they're doing, you're like, oh, this is fucking terrifying, actually. Not terrifying, terrifying, but very well done because you're watching things crack. Like, Mm. you can see the reality splintering kind of thing, and it's like, oh, this is... It's very strange to be like, wow, Marvel's doing this really good artistic thing and it's working out really well for them, but, like, whoever the fuck is, like, behind this team gets what they're going for. And, like, yeah, it's fucking Wanda and Vision. Neither character I care that much about, like, which is cool and all, but whatever. I would watch this without it being Marvel, I guess. Like, it's, it's that very bizarre, surreal, like, we know what we're cribbing off of, and we're cribbing off of it so well... It's kind of indistinguishable, and the fact that it's fucking Marvel's MCU bullshit, you're like, okay, what can't they do with this, actually? But no, actually, like, this is, it, 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 it opens up the door for more kind of other weird stuff like this, and I, I, as much as I love the X-Men, the X-Men have always had to have a kind of like a slightly sinister and kind of darker bend to them than a lot of the MCU stuff has done, and the fact they're doing this show goes, Okay, yeah, maybe you can do that, actually. Like, you do have people on staff that understand how to do this kind of, like, background un- unease aspect that makes some of these things so important. And yeah, that show's uneasy as fuck. Like, it is well done. And, like, the fact they're even going to have, like, terrible CGI effects to crib that time period specifically, it's like, yeah, no, like, this is how terrible TV used to be, but also... You're watching it because you're way into this weird narrative web we're weaving, and this is a very interesting point on that web. Yeah. Yeah. I, hmm. that's yeah, I, I've definitely been interested in checking that one out. Yeah, the yeah, I only watched like just just this past week was when I watched finally watched one of the you know one of the promos for it, you know, one of the commercials for it, and I was like, oh. Yeah, actually, that seems kind of cool. Yeah, it the, is. Uh, it's the, the name itself. I was like, "Huh, oh, that that's it, it, just what I had heard about the concept." I was like, "Huh," but yeah, I was kind of sold on actually watching, you know, at least the trailer for it. So, no, yeah, I, it's on my watch list. It, it should be. I, yeah, it, I think it's one of those stuff. ones where it's one of the few shows where that trailer actually does a really good job of like, yeah, no, this show isn't about what you think it's about, but like the tone of that trailer is what that show is actually about. Hmm. Mm. And it pulls it off well. I have, Yeah, it's two episodes are out right now. I've been a bit... I've, it's one of those ones where I kind of hate 1950s TV because I think it's bad TV, but watching in this context, I'm like, hey, you guys are fucking nailing it. Where the hell is this going? <laughs> yeah, I... I, I just... I, 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 I think, like, beyond the age-poorly aspect of that stuff, I think that, like, just what we thought was good entertainment at that point in time, for the most part, was just kind of like, okay, this is lukewarm at best, like, this is boring to watch. Oh, because it was racist? No, it's just bad TV. Like, I don't even get to the fact it was, like, problematic as fuck. It just wasn't good to watch. And the show does that quite well, but in a way that you're like, I can't look away because I have to see how this train crash happens. That's enough free advertising for Disney. Uh, What have you two been up to? Um, I actually really haven't been up to much. Uh, I finally dropped off some stuff to get shipped back to Amazon that I bought a while ago. Um, because I had my, so I had a headset die and I bought a new chair because my old chair broke. And, uh, 
yeah, I had bought some stuff originally, and I was like, eh, this doesn't really work out too well. So I ended up getting a different, like, sound card and, well, not so much a sound card, but a DAC and a uh, headset amplifier, because I bought an actual nicer pair of headphones uh, this time around. So I finally took the old Sound Blaster thing, which, by the way, I'm very surprised their quality has dropped over the years. Um, It's weird. Sound Blaster has always been sort of like in between when it comes to the kind of quality. It's like I, I've I've owned Sound Blaster video or audio cards and you know sound cards in the past, and quality's been eh, it's just like yeah, I know it's supposed to be like the step down from like you know pro level audio, but sometimes it's a big step down in quality. It's been all, always been kind of all over the place. At least from what I've what I've found with it, but go on, <laughs> please go on. <laughs> yeah, I uh, what do you call it? So I actually really um, what was it? I so I ended up getting um, what do you call it? It's from a company called uh, Shit Audio, like that's their actual like name, S H I T T or whatever. Um, but yeah, I like their stuff so far. Um, but. So I was returning the old Creative Sound Blaster thing, um, and then I returned a chair I bought, because the chair I bought from Amazon was like, it's pretty bad. The cushion is pretty garbage. So I got myself another chair that I enjoy. Um, it's not a Herman Miller Aeron, which I will eventually get again, because I love that chair. Like, it really makes a huge difference. Um, I'm just a little sad my old one broke, and that a warranty, so... Um, but I think I talked about that chair breaking a while ago. I just finally got around to returning the you know, the ones that I bought a while ago. Um, beyond that, um, I've actually had an itch for playing GTA V again recently, so I downloaded that last night, and I'll probably play through some of the PC version of that just because uh, I want to try a little bit something different, you know? But yeah, uh, beyond that, like, I haven't really... It's been kind of a slow week, I gotta say. So... I have some new food science stuff I'm trying out at some point, but I'll talk about it mm. after I've done it for a week. So, we'll see. I, I look forward to talking to the food scientist about this one. But yes. Um, beyond that, I, like I said, it's pretty, pretty slow week for me, actually. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's it for me. Have you done your end, Henry? Yeah, I've... I haven't really been watching too many series. I'm still kind of just making my way slowly through the stuff I have on Crunchyroll. Yeah, I, Crunchyroll, I feel like... And they they actually got bought out recently, so it's like a lot of people in the forums have been talking about, I w- hopefully, like, that, A, maybe the quality of some of this stuff, like the interfaces might be improved, but also fear that the current subscription system might change drastically. So, uh, yeah, uh, for those that don't know, um, they were bought out by Sony. Wait, what? Crunchyroll bought out Sony? No, they were bought out... Yeah, no, the PS5 is now owned by Crunchyroll. Keep up. The Crunchyroll (laughs) station. Yep. Uh, No, like, it was formerly owned by AT&T, but now they're owned by Sony. Sony put out a lot of money to buy them, too. I mean, that, that shows you that Crunchyroll has been a pretty successful brand for anime and, and manga and stuff, and also some live-action Korean drama. 
And yeah, they got bought for like over a billion dollars. Wow. Yes. So Sony owns them. So people are like, you know, hopefully like Sony will just maybe improve the service a bit and not change the, what's I feel like is a pretty fair price uh, for, for subscription, which I, the way I do it is I get, I pay it by the year. So it makes it even cheaper. Like I think mm. I pay like something like forty five bucks for the year or something. I think it's forty five dollars for for the full year or something like that. But yeah, it's not very much. I'm paying like four bucks a month or something. To and Crunchyroll, I read the manga. Like I actually utilize the app to read manga on it, even though the app is kind of shit. The manga reader app is really not great. But yeah, the. Uh, yeah, I'm still making my way through Crunchyroll stuff and hoping that the subscription service doesn't change drastically or like hop up in price a lot. Uh, I but also I think if there's not already a Crunchyroll app on the PS5, there definitely there will is be. already. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now that they're owned by Sony, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I've been watching, just making my way through a couple of series on that, uh, Gintama and others and i haven't really been watching a whole lot of new anime i guess i'm still making my way through older stuff but i guess it's a mixture of both like the science fell in love so i tried to test it uh that series is is a currently running new series so i guess that's the only current one i'm watching but yeah other than that yeah i don't really really watch a lot i've been playing a bit of games i mean I'm still, like, I I still play KOF All-Star. It just still feels like there's a reason for me to play it. Because I can put it down, not play it for a while, for, you know, days or even weeks, and not a big deal. Like, they do play on the fear of missing out thing. They run a lot of promotions, but it's, there again, like, all right. I've mentioned before, like, the the cost of sort of gotcha for, like, getting a a new character is only a, about a hundred rubies. Rubies being like the main, the main uh, kind of uh, currency. I have like twelve thousand rubies right now. <laughs> I have like, well, 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 Mister. I got all these precious gems. It's that because they just hilariously throw gems at you for literally anything you do. It's like you log in. Here's here's gems and gold. Do a thing. Gems and gold. Do literally anything. More Look gems at this and dragon gold. dragon-ass motherfucker with this horde of precious gems. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for the next big promotion to try to blow them all on. Like, you know, there's... there's. I feel like they did two very strong ones this past year. I'm kind of interested in to see what they're going to do this year. I mean, the WWE crossover was massive. And then the, the one with Gintama... Uh, which is a very hot, like, popular and hot property in Japan, anyway. Uh, and, and less so here, obviously. But, you know, that was a huge crossover event, too. I didn't manage to get that many of those characters, though. But I got several of them. I got a lot of the ones I wanted. But, yeah, I'm still playing that. And I uh, actually, I was practicing some Them's Fighting Herds. And, oh god, the AI, 
the AI is just like this ridiculously input reading AI, and it just kind of makes playing, like if you're playing single player, makes it kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, you know, is that, you know, like even with an input reading AI, you can kind of learn how to manipulate it to a certain extent. But that doesn't train you how to play against players because players don't do ridiculous input reading. So it's a it's a ridiculously difficult AI just on like how much it input reads and it just combo you to death. Mm. But and it just it, it's just perfect at always blocking. It's infuriating. Like you li- but it does not prepare you for online play, which is also frustrating. So there's no way good real good way to practice to play against human players other than just Hopping to online and playing human players. Oh, sure. I am having uh, what one of my troubles with it though right now is I can't. I don't know. I don't haven't found a character I really like. Uh, there's I. I mean, there's there. I like the fact that all the characters. Uh, have, have you played it? Have you ever played it? I'm just curious. Have you ever played the game? Either of you ever played the game? Played which game? Them's fighting herds. I've I've heard of it because I've they watched had a bunch of it. I, it's I I don't know. I don't exactly have a fondness for the source material it's pulling off of. So I'm like, eh, looks it's, confident. There's, but there's yeah, not I think a, they had it at extra. There's life. not a source material. It's a self-contained game. It's ba- I, it's inspired by. I guess I have less a fondness for what it's being inspired by. Like a. Uh, 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 well, it's created. I mean, the art design is the art. Art design is by the person who did the art design for the now ended, or at least the. Well, know, let's the, not beat around the bush. It was supposed to be on My Little Pony's fighting game. It yeah. turned into that because of copyright issues, which totally makes sense. Like, if you're not into what that source material is at that point, you're just not into it. Like that, that's. Let's not try and make this into something. It's not like it's. It's it's a fun game though. Yeah. It's it. I mean it's. It's a good fighting game. Like, actually, like, mechanics-wise, it's a great fighting game because every character has different mechanics. Like, not all the characters have air dash. They just don't. Or dash in general. Like, it's, it's, it's like, even, it goes the extra step of, like, you yeah, know, there's, I've, like, charge characters and game. sort of... Yeah, I've, I've heard from, like, a fighting game perspective, it's competent, but also... A big chunk of fighting games for me is what do the characters look like, and for that game, it's like okay, yeah, it's not into this. Like the same way that I, as much as I kind of like, it's the same way I'm like, ah, Blaze Blue, I'm just not into this. Like I, I get what they're going for, but it's, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm finding it difficult to find a good rushdown style character. Is that's like every game that I play, every fighting game that I play. I always gravitate towards the rushdown type characters in uh, in fighting games, and uh, yeah, I use a character currently Tianhuo, Tianhuo, which is a Chinese name, and I can't pronounce it correctly. And it's a fire, <laughs> a fire horse, <laughs> uh, basically mm-hmm. a a yeah, it, cool character. I mean, I, I like. But the one thing that's difficult is the character does not have any uh, fireball, and it is difficult if you're playing against somebody that has good ranged attacks. Is there's it's very difficult to get around that. I mean, Tianho is one of the characters that has an air dash, mm. 
which, like I said, most of them don't. And some of them have a, like, high jump and, like, low jump. Only one character has that. Has, like, can do the kind of down-up, where you take, and admit does a much higher jump. So only one character has double jump. So, and this character has air dash, which if you're playing rushdown, you want a character with air dash. It is, I'd say the most difficult mechanic for me has been getting used to the magic button and the magic system, which is kind of, you have to do things to kind of power up your magic. And the magic is a separate button, and then if you use that with commands, like it does certain extra kind of powerful moves, slightly more powerful moves, and different styles of moves. But yeah, yeah, I, I think for me, like Tianhu is probably well, Tianhu is probably the best rushdown character. And yeah, uh, I, but I'm not very good at online yet sure, because yeah, that's, that type of thing because works, though. But yeah, like I said, it's because playing against the CPU is not a it's it's horribly frustrating playing against a CPU is it is like I said just input reading yeah. nightmare. <laughs> it's a fighting game, uh, it cheats. Yeah, input reading yeah. like perfect range nightmare. <laughs> but but yeah, well, I mean, but again, it's all about anticipating your enemies might be a little bit biased when you can read your inputs and act accordingly with split-second precision and is not forced to fumble around with a stick like a mere human. Yeah. Yeah, and... But I have gotten a lot better at using a stick. I've gotten back the feel of using a stick, so that's good. Yeah, I've mentioned that I picked up the nice uh, Hori uh, PS3 stick, and it's a great stick. Oh, it's fantastic. It is abs- works absolutely beautifully. I like it a lot. I definitely like it a lot. Hori puts out very good, pretty low-cost stuff, and I got this one, like, off Craigslist. It's still in perfect condition. And yeah, Hori, they make good stuff. I, for I, the, for the price, it's extremely good. It's, it's, yeah. it's in that mid-range where it's like, you're not going to break the bank buying a Hori stuff, but it's such a step above sort of your, you know, like a lot of third third-party stuff, it's really good. But yeah, I finally am starting to get a good feel for that. I have kind of, I'm using a kind of a a weird grip that I've kind of, I guess it's just my grip, and it's somewhere, it's halfway in between the wine glass and the sort of overhand or you know, more overhand grip. It's weird. I just feel like it feels better. It's It's a weird thing because full Full wine glass, and I actually saw a video where, like, I think it was, uh, uh, Daigo talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was just tearing his hand up playing uh using the uh wine glass, like the bottom of his hand. He'd literally be bleeding after a match. So I use kind of a cross between the two, where I have like kind of. My ring finger and pinky underneath, and like my thumb on top in a weird position. And but yeah, it works for me. I can get off moves and pretty well with it. So, but yeah, I, I I am glad that there is at least one character that's quite 
that's very good for rushdown if you do rushdown. I just like to be very aggressive. Most games I play, I prefer aggressive in-your-face approach rather than more sitting back. I mean, even when it comes to, like, Destiny, that's the style I usually go with. But, uh, yeah, played that. Also, uh, played uh, some Awesome Knots, which is still alive, and they're still occasionally doing stuff or, like, promotions with, which is kind of crazy. The game's been long free to play at this point, but you can get on and just play a match. Like, it's still alive to a large extent, and I th- I think that's because it's now free to play, so you have a lot more people playing it. Like, and a lot of people from Brazil. Like, I've, I've just noticed, uh, well, uh, in a lot of the kind of usernames or what they'll they'll try to talk to me in, or type to me in game in in Portuguese. I'm like, sorry, don't know Portuguese. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's still very much alive, and it just kind of reminded me of why I like the game. It's just easy to get into. It's a two D, you know, two D, you know, side scroller style game for controls, and it's pretty easy to use either a controller or mouse and keyboard with. So yeah, I yeah definitely yeah getting back into the game is. Yeah, I hadn't played it in a long time, and I was just like hopped on the other night, and it was like, oh yeah, there's still a community here, and still playing the game, and I'm kind of glad, because it's... Alright, so this is the other thing, and I and it just it started to kind of annoy me a bit with Torchlight. I hate click-to-attack games. Click-to-move, then and click-to-attack games. I just don't like them. Like, for... Like if if it's a like Diablo style game or most MMOs, which is like click to move and uh, click to attack, they drive me a little bit crazy because it's just like I always end up clicking like accidentally clicking not on the thing to attack, and then I just move I move in close to the monster when I don't intend to, and just get absolutely throttled, and that's that can be extremely frustrating. And I prefer a game that controls with mouse and keep like a more would would you press a direction to move? I really and that's why I don't play most of the MMOs. Like the only two MMOs that I play, surprise, surprise, are games that don't play like that. You know, Fantasy Star Online Two and and uh Terra. And the same goes for like the you know, for Awesome Knots. You know, it's it's a MOBA, but it doesn't use the point to click to move and click to attack style, which, yeah, I'll never really like that. I've never really liked it, and I never will. That's the only thing that keeps me from playing Torchlight more often is because I still don't like the control scheme. Does it have controller That's... support? No. Ah. There yeah. is, you could, somebody made a sort of a thing where it's just kind of like, Kind of makes it controller support, but it's still not. Well, so I was asking because I don't like how Diablo plays, but I really like how the kind of console version of Diablo plays. Like, I was wondering if someone did that for Torchlight. Um, they tried. The problem is, like, if it comes to attacking, you'll miss a hell of a lot because you have, somehow you still have to highlight somebody to attack. Otherwise, you're just whiff constantly and they're right in front of you. 
and that's like I, I tried it out and I was like, oh, I can move around now. Yeah, at least I can move around like controller. But then when it came to attacking, the attacking doesn't really does not really work out as as well because the engine of the game wasn't sort of redesigned to do that. Whereas the engine of the game, like they changed it around to allow Diablo to work on a console, to where you know where wherever you're pointing the the stick, it will attack anything that's within range. In any sort of reasonable cone of direction of your attack, does not do that because the engine in Torchlight wasn't made for that, and mm. that's 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 frustrating to me. Is yeah, I I will never like a game that has click to move, click to attack. It just drives me crazy, and yeah, that's why I don't play. I I I played League of Legends briefly, but there again, it's just like. I got really sick of accidentally missing somebody on a click, and then I just move unto him and get killed. So yeah, but yeah, uh, awesome knots is still fun. I still enjoy playing it. I mainly play gnaw. His gnaw is just the best, a great kiting trolling character. Uh, but uh, I only play. As far as like the characters in that game, I only play five with any regularity. They're it's just the ones I know how to play all of them. It, I only find a few of them really fun to play though. But I have a, I have a make. I mean, I play all the different. Ty- I have kind of favorites in all the different types, like the more sniper characters or the or the kiting characters or the more tanky characters. But anyways, that's that's what I was up to this week. That's pretty much it. Video game I guess news? I guess it's I think time. it's time for video game news. It's a weird week in video game news. We're back to kind of more, well, lighter fare, I guess, is maybe the way of thinking of it. A lot of yeah. fun little punchy news articles to get through this week. We'll start off with Bungie and Riot Games are teaming up to go after cheat makers, which I'm all for. Fucking do yeah. it. Why not? Both of your games have pretty rampant cheating problems. It makes sense. Yeah, of course. The idea of Riot or Bungie working with Riot—not great. How much yeah. I dislike Riot, but you know yeah. what? If something is coming out of this to kind of get you know get rid of cheaters, you know, yeah. and I, the difficult thing is if it doesn't, it, it, I'm not sure. There again, we're not lawyers here. Yeah, but. I'm I'm finding it hard to see I, I I'm not sure if I'm too happy with the kind of way they're they're going about doing this like what types of laws they're utilizing to go after the cheat sellers. Yeah, they're going after one uh Cameron Santos and his kind of company, I guess is the way of calling it of Gator Cheats most specifically. Mm. Which I guess kind of have a rundown of that. It charges a monthly subscription and stuff. Like this is definitely, it's weird. Like if people were just making cheats for the hell of it, I'd be like, don't do that. But also, eh, it's just someone actively profiting off of it, and that's yeah. shitty in my book. Yeah, but it's just like if it's not altering the software. I mean, I guess I'm really I I would love to get a lawyer's input on this. If anybody listening, if you're like you know familiar with like the US legal system I'd love to hear what you say I don't see how they're really going after these companies because 
the gator like their cheats aren't necessarily altering the software so it's not breaking that license but they are i think in violation of terms of service but it also might be you do this so you can get the list of the people with it and then you go after them specifically i guess i don't know like i yeah. I mean, it feels like they're getting start. You know, instead of going after the people, which is always like, you know, that's whack a mole. You know, people will just make an alt. You know, forever make a dozen alts off of a dozen different email addresses, and you know they'll just go right back into it. So it becomes whack a mole, and this is the more, yeah, you know, I I think the more permanent way to put a stop to cheating. If you literally stop the company from selling its cheat software. Yeah, but also I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm that comfortable with how they're going after them. Yeah, I think it's it's one thing to be kind of okay with us, nothing to be comfortable with how they're going about it, and it's not the first time a company's gone after a cheat maker, I guess, and one. Yeah, but this one does seem a tad strange. But also, I think it kind of comes down if you can make a real case for this company exists to circumvent the terms of service, like. They're producing a product, but they're not producing a product that stands on its own. Like it, it, it specifically exists to be a problem for other products, I guess. Like if you just had the cheat engine stuff or the Gator cheats, they don't. Ha- you can't use them on their own. They don't add a service to anything else. They are actively kind of to be used on something else, and they're not a mod. Right. They are detrimental. To- they, they are they are in strict violation of the terms of service. I guess at that point. Yeah, and I guess the thing is, like, they're not, they're using the DMCA to do this. Yeah. And we are, and I think we've made it pretty clear, like, the at least us here on the podcast, we think the DMCA is a heinous sort it's of shitty. flawed shitty, at best, yeah. Yeah, flawed at best. I mean, so, and they're utilizing the anti-circumvention provisions of the DMCA to sue. And I, there again, I don't. I'm not quite sure how that applies. I, there again, I'd love to hear somebody that well, actually Because it knows sounds law. like the argument there basically is that this company is actively making a product to circumvent circumvent rules in other games doesn't sound accurate, but like it's you're knowingly making something that's only purpose is to be used in violation of terms of service. Like it, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's kind of like counterfeiting, I guess. At that point, there's no legitimate use for that product except to be a counterfeit. Alright, so, and the weird thing is, alright, so, I'm looking here at sort of what a lawyer has written about what the anti-circumvention rules are, and it has to do with circumventing technical measures that prevent access to copyrighted materials, such as computer software or media content. Sounds like that's more about, like, if somebody you know, didn't buy a game but are using a hack yeah, but if anyway. you told me that stuff like Gator Cheat requires itself to kind of get down into the code of a game to work, that at least kind of intellectually makes sense to me. Like just having the program won't do it. It has to be engaged with the game hypothetically. I think that's maybe where that factor comes in, where you're making the argument of it is being intrusive into your proprietary code at that point, hypothetically. That's a stretch though, too. I am not a lawyer, I don't know coding, I don't know how Gator Cheat works. Like Half yeah, the fun of this podcast I, is me learning what the new cheat engine is. Yeah, it's 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 about all right. So yeah, the DMCA basically says like it doesn't want a technological measure or it's against technological measures that try to control access to a copyrighted work. And I think that's their 
that's what they're using it here for. And there again, it's, there's some weirdness here that I'm just not sure I understand, and I'm not, sh- and I pretty, sh- but I am pretty sure I'm not ter- entirely comfortable with it. I am, uh, I just, I hate the DMCA. It's, I think it's absolute fucking garbage. Uh, but in this case, I guess they're utilizing it for something decent. I mean, preventing cheating. I'm kind of okay with that because I think that you know, and they're, what they're part of the argument they're trying to make is that's it's hurting everybody's experience of the game. But yeah, or at least that's one of the reasons they're saying they're going into it. I don't think that's a, their legal argument. Their legal argument is the circumvention. But yeah, yeah, I don't. Like you said, I think it's possible to both feel like I'm glad they're doing it, but I don't like how they're doing it necessarily. I'm not sure we totally get how they're doing it either. Yeah, it's the the wording no, for yeah. this is just vague enough that true. I suspect we'll update on this in the future. Like it, honestly, anytime someone says like we're doing something legally, I go okay. What the fuck does that mean? And then like later down the road, you hear this is what we're actually doing. Like to rewind back to an old thing we talked about for a long time. The VR lawsuit. We knew the VR lawsuit was happening. We had the legalese behind what was going on. And it took the proceedings to actually start. We're like, oh, I get it now. That's what they were doing. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's the arguments they're making. This kind of feels similar to that. Moving on from that, though, we talked about scalpers earlier on in this podcast, I believe, or at least kind of hinted at their nefarious involvement in things. <laughs> but let's talk about a company that I. I'm not saying what they were doing was right, because I still think what they were up to was a little bit shitty, but wasn't necessarily, like, hardcore scalping. They were slightly scalping, but I also think that, like, the internet justice went a tad too far. Uh, So the company called Super, S-U-P-E-R, sorry, S-U-P-3-R-5, Supers, was offering a service where if you wanted a, well, black-in-color PS5, you could buy one from them for an extra fi- uh, for extra 100 bucks. If you care that much about the console color, uh, fine, fuck it, whatever. Like, it, I, I know the white consoles bug people for some reason. I don't totally get it, but power to you, I guess, if you got the money. Yeah. People went fucking after this company because what they were doing was they were buying PS5s, marking them for 500 bucks, or by 100 bucks, and then painting them black. Not the worst business model, not the scummiest thing out there, and did people go a little bit too far with the death threats apparently? Absolutely, because this is the internet and this is video game people. But they are canceling all their orders, they no longer exist. The companies like website and Twitter and shit have been shut down given the backlash to this, what they were up to. I I gotta admit, the all-black consoles look pretty cool. They look nice. Yeah. As someone who's kind of in a holding pattern on a PS5, part of me is almost thinking, what if I wait until, like, a cool custom console comes out to buy one, so... Yeah. Or if they just maybe come out with a different color. Yeah. I mean, they, it's not something they haven't done. You know, there's special editions that well, come out for the every Monster Hunter every consoles console. exist out there, that the really slick, mm-hmm. bat, uh, plan, not Batman, uh, Spider-Man console exists out there. They've done cool custom consoles, and given the nature of the fins on these things, it's pretty easy to do that, so... Mm. A, I'm amazed well, Sony let them get away with this, and that may become a whole other legal issue down the line, but also, yeah, don't death threaten people this, but also, maybe don't do this until 
the scalping situation with PS5s isn't as much of a problem. Yeah. I well, guess it made them too easy of a target. Oh, in a yeah, I know. In their minds, they weren't scalpers, and technically they're not, but also you totally fucking are. You're buying something explicitly to market up and resell. Yes, you're doing a little bit of work, but I, I don't quite know how much yeah. it costs to paint that stuff black, but I don't think it's $100. I think it would be really cool if they were painting it with the super black, like Vanta Black, yeah, or, the, been real cool. or, the, or the free version of that, which, you know, an artist put out just to fuck with the person yeah. that put out Vanta Black. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, a, you know, super, super, like, you know, black hole level of dark console yeah. would be kind of cool. A console that absorbs all the light around it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool, I think. It absorbs the lesser consoles around it, too, because it's secretly a black hole. <laughs> I think that would actually... That's actually an idea I would like. That'd yeah. Be cool. Oh, no, that, that's definitely cool. But, yeah, that that's a thing that happened this previous week. Yeah, I mean... Let's be honest, if you want a black PS5, just wait till D-Brand comes out with their skin. Which they actually announced a while ago that they're gonna do. Mm. I don't know if you guys actually heard about that no, one. No, I didn't hear about this one. So, have you guys heard of D-Brand at all? I no. They do, like, skins for consoles and stuff. I thought we talked about them once. Consoles and games. Or something by accident. Yeah, they had told people, yeah, don't buy these after all, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, they actually put out a whole press release saying, yeah, no, we're doing an all-black uh, PS5, and uh, we actually look forward to seeing Sony try to sue us about it. They actually put that in their notice, which I thought was interesting, and I think the way they're getting around it is, technically, there's no logo for Sony on it at all. So I think that's kind of how they're going well, to go about it. I think it's a wrap. It's separate. Like it's If you're not replacing the parts, it's like, yeah, no, it's a sticker. Yeah. And you can't, yeah, like, yeah. you can't say people can't put stickers on their consoles, because that's just insane at that point. Yeah, it's not yeah. changing the hardware or the functionality of the console. So I think that would, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I remember they, they talked about, like, they were going to be doing that for the PS5, and they're like, yeah, no, let's, uh, <laughs> let's have some fun. But yeah, they're doing a whole matte black, which skins the entire console, it looks like. So. But they should be doing it in Vanta Black. Inventive, like I mean, it does look pretty slick. I've looked at the pictures of it that they have, as far as the prototype goes, and it looks real nice. My wife informed me the color gunmetal is apparently my color within our kind of color spectrum of household stuff. So I wouldn't object to a gunmetal colored console, but that's just me. Hmm. I absolutely could see a gunmetal colored console, but. Yeah, no, the oh, way they're doing their... Are these plates? They're not stickers. It looks like they're going for... Oh, yeah, no, they're going for actual face plates. Yeah, sorry. Mm, that's where they might get in trouble. Yeah. Because, see, that, the, because thing... the design of the console itself, like the shape of it, is probably definitely trade secret, if not actually, like, patented. Well, they definitely went out there and were like, we look forward to seeing Sony challenges on this one. And they might. Maybe it attaches to the existing one or something? I don't know. It looks like, yeah, they're... I don't know. It it's, snaps around the edges, maybe, or something? I don't know. Maybe. They, they haven't They haven't made it clear. They, because they're calling it faceplates, when most of what they put out is usually, like, skins. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Just, you just paste it on there. But I'm not... I think that's why... I think they're making a... 
uh, that's where they can get into big trouble, actually, if they make a you know a casing for it without that's not officially licensed for anything. Which I don't, I wouldn't see Sony doing that. I think they even talked about it in their post how they're going to try to go around it. But well, yeah, I think but we also would... talked on this podcast about at least one other company getting shut down for doing the custom plate thing. So let's yeah, let's see what happens. I. Yep. I, I mostly spent a lot of time flabbergasted by how just upset people are about the white wings on the consoles, I guess. Like, there's something bizarre about that to me, where it's like, no, oh, it's the wrong color. I'm like, it's a console. It's going to wind up on your, your TV station. Like, Unless you're putting your PS5 on a pedestal in the middle of the room, which if you're doing that, why the fuck are you doing that? You're going to forget it's there eventually. I, I don't know. The yeah, Seto Kaiba look has been funny to meme about, but it hasn't been that big a problem. Like, Don't get mad about something. Talk about how this thing is apparently fucking heavy as hell and huge. Like that's a bigger and, issue to me than and like the, and of fire hazard. Is it a fire apparently. hazard? I, it's a, isn't it? I thought it was having some problems with overheating. I know we talked the, about the Google Home I had what, for my Stadia doing that. I'm not sure we've ever talked about this being a fire hazard, or was it the Xbox Series it, X? Like don't vape into because that causes it to light on fire. That may have been that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember honestly. I don't thought know. the PS5 was having overheating issues, but I don't remember now. I, re- I thought we reported on that at some point, but... Um... I guess, like, the first, like, batch of them were maybe having problems, but... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I think it was the... Yeah, the... And it wasn't like think... a consistent thing, it was kind of a hit-and-miss type of situation, but... Y- yeah. That's some speculation. Hmm. Moving on from that, though, to possibly the biggest news of the week, and not because it in itself is big news, because it implies some shit that also ties into some other stuff we're going to talk about. Lucasfilms is back! Or Lucasfilms Games. Yes. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah, sort of. The name is back, at least. Yeah. What this actually means, we're not totally sure yet. But kind of hot on the heels of that, we got announcements of an Indiana Jones game in development by Machine Head Games, the folks behind. I think it's that's uh, well, the new Wolfenstein games, right? I think so. Let me oh. check on that real quick. And also, yeah, um, yeah, Machine Games. I think I how oh, was it Machine Sorry, Games? Machine Games, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, they're the new Wolfenstein people. I'm not crazy. Yeah, they they are the new Wolfenstein people. Yeah, so they're doing that. On top of that, Ubisoft is now making an open-world Star Wars game. That's two kind of properties they can theory be managers of. Yeah, so kind of jumping from one to the other. EA is no longer the only maker of uh, Star Wars games. Ubisoft got a bite of that pie. I'm not sure I'm overly ecstatic that Ubisoft is the next big developer to get a shot at Star Wars stuff after EA, but, eh. Makers yeah. can't be choosers, I guess. Like, at least they make competent enough open worlds at the end of the day. I, yeah. I, I'd like to see someone that's a little more creative than that studio take a run at it, but at the same time, if you want to make Valhalla, Star Wars, I'll probably play it. Yeah, I actually read an article, brief article about uh, in on Kotaku, about seems like this year there, a lot of companies are veering towards sort of safe licenses. Yeah. So I'm at least the major companies are in uh 
Mm. I think the last year was kind of a problem for a bunch of companies. I obviously, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't. But the thing is, for the video game industry, it really kind of wasn't. They kind of had pretty stellar years for the most part. I think certain games had really stellar years. I think because people had less income, like. I think we all were buying less games than we normally do. I definitely was buying less games because I had to be more conscious of where my income was coming to because the topic of income was a little bit shakier for everyone, given everything that happened yeah, in the last year. So you became more selective, and I'm lucky enough I was capable of buying a bunch of the weird stuff I'd normally play, but at the same time, if it had come down to kind of like, hey, you got to buy the Destiny expansion or something else you want, I wound up buying... I'd have gone with the thing I kind of a known quantity, I guess, first. And whether yeah. we agree with it or not, fucking Star Wars sells, Assassin's Creed sells, Madden sells. Like, there mm-hmm. are stuff that you slap the right name on the box and you guaranteed, like, get five, six million units shipped almost immediately, kind of thing. Like, they have enough brand loyalty and we know they're fine. Like, Ubisoft Valhalla is still a good game, despite how much we ragged on it during our Game of the Year stuff. Our complaints are totally valid but still it's fine like you're getting yeah. 60 bucks worth of game out of that game so long as you're not stuck with the pc issue there is <laughs> 60 dollars of enjoyment to be wrung out of that game quite easily if that's the one game you bought in 2020 you have probably plenty of that game still to go kind of thing it's a long ass open world game that can keep you entertained for months if not years potentially given how like needlessly full that world is Cyberpunk kind of falls in the same category. Uh, yeah, I, we are kind of fortunate enough. We have the luxury of buying lots of games for people out there, though, that kind of look at games like, okay, buy one or two a year. They buy the ones they can get the most kind of length out of. It's like, okay, yeah. Star Wars open world game. Yeah, that sounds cool. I could be down with that. I like the Star Wars. I like Ubisoft open world games. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I, I'm not confused by that at all, I guess, given what's going on. I. I think the counter-argument is last year was also marked by some huge indie stuff happening, but I think also the counterpoint to that you could say is indies had more space than they normally do in the grand scheme of marketing. Like, think about how many games moved out of the end of 2020, 2021, or beyond kind of thing. Or just kind of like, yeah, no, it's not happening this year, period. Star Wars, coming to new developers near you, hopefully. They should make a Dark Troopers game by, uh, the fallout but i found my titanfall 2 disc in the garage and i'm like man i want titanfall 3 again or you can have them <laughs> have respawn make anything that's got shooting in it I, I don't care what like i know they made that star wars uh uh action game that people thought was pretty good but i'm like i don't want you doing that i want you making games with guns you know the thing you're really good at well what about uh that uh, uh what's it called the, the the arena shooter they have the uh, legends whatever it is uh alpha legends None of us play it, so I'm blanking on it. But yeah, no, I don't want that. I want Titanfall 3. Just give me Titanfall 3 already. Give me wall running and shooting. I have no transition to come off of that, so it's going to kind of awkwardly limp away from that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ESA has announced they are halting political donations. This also just in. Right, the ESA still exists. They make political donations you maybe should be concerned about. Yeah, they've always leaned more, like as far as their donations, more right-wing. And and even despite like how incredibly shitty the right wing in the U.S. in particular has been, like they just have continued to just kind of 
outwardly say, oh, we don't like what they're doing, but then, like, continue giving them fucking money, giving... I mean, their political donations include to people that, like, Josh Hawley, I think, got some of those political donations, and he literally was one of the leaders of the fucking insurrection of this attempted coup. So, yeah, ESA. But the thing is, it still gets me, like, they're like, We'll just halt all our political donations. So this is still them trying to straddle a fucking line. Yeah, it's... It's like, yo, motherfuckers, choose a side. And maybe not the side that keeps trying to shut your asses down with some frequency, but... Yeah, you fucking idiots. It's just like, choose a fucking side, stop, grow a goddamn spine. Like, you could be with the insurrectionists, or are you going to be with the rest of us? It's like... You don't get to straddle that fucking line there, ESA. Like, throw your hands up. Well, both sides. And that's what this really kind of reeks of to me is just like them still pulling up both sides. Uh, yeah, and I think it's one of those ones where the fact this is the first we've heard about the EA- ESA since, well, the E3 debacle of last year. It's like, man, ESA kind of sucks a little bit, don't they? Yeah, I've I've always thought yeah. that. They're, 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 maybe it's the fresh reminder of maybe the ESA kind of sucks. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is there again, like them being, instead of like, you know, having a fucking spine and taking a stand, it's them throwing their hands up, well, both sides, we'll just not fund anybody. Yeah. Okay, motherfuckers, what the fuck ever, fuck you again. Yeah. Next up, we got some kind of video game release stuff to burn through real quick. Uh, first off. Pokemon Snap coming April 30th. I, for one, think it's a damn shame to start losing on April 20th because, well, it's Pokemon fucking Snap, but. Yeah. <laughs> what fucking year is this? I don't know. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? The first Pokemon Snap was just pure fun. Yeah, I, fun. it really was. Like, and it shouldn't <laughs> have been in hindsight. Like,. How the fuck was that game fun? It was a slow, plotting rail shooter where instead of shooting stuff, you threw apples or pester balls and took photos of Pokemon. On paper, that is the dumbest idea ever, but I know we all played it. We all thought it was a fun game. Yeah. And it shouldn't have been. But it was. As far as I can tell, they aren't messing with the formula. Like, down to the fucking buggy thing is back. Yeah, it's still... Still... Same thing, and you know what? Probably still going to be fucking fun. Yeah, it's the same. Fl- it's also yeah. the trade-off of, like, how the fuck's it taking us this long to get a new Pokemon Snap? Like, on one hand, I'm like, yeah. why is this happening? Followed by, why is this only the first sequel to that fucking game? Right. How did that happen? Like, who at Nintendo's like, we have to wait until the world's ready for next Pokemon Snap? And they're like, now is the time. Release the Snap. We have all the 3D assets again. Do it. You know, I bet a part of it came from, like, them just kind of seeing how popular it was for people to just take screenshots of their Pokemon Go stuff. And then just like, hey, you know what? People still fucking like doing this, so let's make a game of just doing that thing that people still apparently like to do. Taking pictures of fucking Pokemon. Let me Google some dates on this real quick to make sure I'm not going to be talking out of my ass, but... uh, I remember someone telling me when I was a kid that Pokemon Snap actually existed because of Pokemon Stadium. Pokemon Stadium came out afterwards, didn't it? 
I think so. Hold That's on. what I'm trying to figure out right now before I said that out loud. So Pokemon Stadium release date was August 1st, 1998. And Pokemon Snap... Oh, no! A year later. Yeah, and I, it, the explanation they, I heard... using the same assets, Yeah, I'm no, so they, because they had to make all the assets for Stadium, they were just kind of like, huh, how do we recop our losses on, like, is there a way we can make more money off of this? And, like, they could have been developed at the same time. It's like, we have all these assets lying around. Could we use this? And the answer was... Yeah, actually, they they came out basically the uh, same year. They both came out ninety nine. Just, uh, just I'll just interject. Let's not pretend like there's losses on any Pokemon. Oh ever. fuck yeah, no! <laughs> but it's also a smart move. Like it's that you finally have Pokemon in three D for the first time ever. Yeah. What do you do? And yeah, and they made some you know good models, like you yeah. know they nice models. So it's like I think the same thing now. Now that they have Sun and Moon. That's the ones on the on the uh or am I off? The Sun and Moon, Pokemon Sun and Moon is what's on the Switch, correct? Um what? No, it's Sword and <laughs> Shield? Oh yes. Sword and we Shield ran out of colors. Yes, right. to objects. Yeah. <laughs> we ran out of colors. Yeah, it's Pokemon Snap colors. came out first by a little bit, then Stadium came out in Japan, like, months later. Yeah, I remember hearing at one point that, like, one ex- Pokemon Snap exists because, like, we have all these assets for Pokemon Stadium, like, made, and we're fine-tuning the game. What if we do with them? What if we just I made a Pokemon Snap game? That's the same thing yeah. for Sword and Shield. They have all these, yeah, you know, no. assets, which, there again, that game, I I don't play Pokemon games, with the generally speaking, but that game looks really nice. Like, yeah, they people are mad about it job. still, but... They did a bang-up job with the model, so yeah. might as well make another game with that. Depends and- on who you ask. Many people are still mad about the models, but at the same time, like it's 3D assets that are better than they have been previously, in a lot of people's opinions, with animations they didn't have previously. So, yeah, this tracks. Yeah. Moving on from that, though, we have another game delay. Uh, Riders Republic has been delayed until uh, later 2021. For those not clear what the fuck Riders Republic is, because the terrible name for a video game, it is the uh, sequel to Steep, or maybe spiritual sequel to Steep. It's not. It's basically it's just steep, yeah. steep and add in bicycles. Yeah, it's the same yeah, it company already... making the, the same game essentially, but now with bikes. Yeah, because it has all the other stuff. It seems like in it too, like the skiing and the kind of parachuting and all yeah. that stuff. And, that's all still there, so... X Games, the video game, but not X Games. But Yeah. Yeah, no official date on this yet. It was uh, it was going to come out February 25th, but it's been bumped. Uh, given the last year video game releases, I am all for anyone who wants to bump their game back a little bit to give themselves a little bit more time. And speaking of that, Elite Dangerous's new expansion, Odyssey, has been pushed back a few months from... Very early 2021 to late spring 2021, which I'm okay with in theory. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, if it's it's not ready, it's not ready. Don't force it to be ready. And they got out there and were very much like, yeah, no, it's it's COVID. Like, this is completely COVID's fault. Like, we just couldn't do the testing we needed to and stuff like that. Like, we had a bunch of delays because of that. And I appreciate that tra- that transparency. At the same time, though, too, I'll go, yeah, if you're not kind of making people work themselves to the bone because you understand the global health crisis, take all the fucking time you need. I got plenty of space to explore still, and 
as someone who's way the fuck out there in that game, it's gonna take me like two months to get back to main space anyway. <laughs> so far out. I'll ask you. No, later, that's good. Uh, I was gonna ask you which. What do you play Elite Dangerous on? Like out of Epic Store or Steam? Ah, uh, or... Steam technically, but I played on my PC. Yeah, it's on my PC. Mm. Okay. The the two are compatible though. Oh really? Okay, yeah, I didn't uh, the know PC that. PC and the the Steam and the Epic game one because you still have to make a um account with them, and you're mm. on the PC server at that point. Yeah, like I so. In theory, if I was like a real high-end user, I would use the free Odyssey code I got to make my actual exploration account and just have that one way the fuck out there. So it never has to come back to civilization kind of thing, but I also like having one account so my character is consistent across that. Yeah, a lot of people actually have multiple accounts specifically so they can have their like main account and then their exploration or like way the fuck out their account. They kind of do other stuff with it's. It's a common practice, and the developer seems like, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's fine. Like, don't cheat with it. But kind of hard to fly two ships at once. Yeah, I mean, I've I, I say that because I I picked it up when it was free on the many Epic people store. did. So I mean, that's made me consider playing it. Maybe. So, oh yeah, no. Anyway. It, most kind of communities seem to get mad when that happens on the Epic Store. Like I think Battlefront Two or yeah, Battlefront Two is like crashed. Because of the giant influx of players that happened because of the free sale, the Elite I picked it up. Came, yeah, <laughs> Elite Dangerous was like, "Fuck yeah, more people are coming!" Woo! They were super happy to have that influx of players. Like the Reddit for that thing, the Reddit for that game is always like obnoxiously supportive and welcoming, and like we're happy to talk about Elite Dangerous. We love the game, and like this was like, it was just a day or two of posts being like, "Okay, when new players start showing up to the subreddit, don't be mean." Seriously, don't send them to that one station. Don't send them to Colonia, please. Don't <laughs> give them that advice. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name right now, but there's a station that the joke in the community is you go there and get a free anaconda, and you don't. It's it's also the one of the few places in the game that you have to fly multiple real-world hours to reach, and when mm. you get there, it's just a fucking station. Like It, it requires you to jump out of the kind of fast travel system to be in just FTL, and you still have to spend like, I think it's an hour from where you warp into the system to get there. It's ridiculous. And you're like, oh god, why? But everyone makes their trip there eventually so they can get their cup. And their free anaconda, obviously. You go there to get your free anaconda. That's what you do. Fuck it, I tricked Jim into going to that. Like, that's how prominent an issue is. Like, even your friends are like, (laughs) yeah, you should go! Get your free anaconda, and they go like, what the fuck? You're like, nah, you actually play Elite Dangerous, congratulations. Google that shit next time. I found stuff in Google that says, don't tell people the dot about the truth about the anaconda station. I'm like, oh yeah, we know. We're very good about lying about it, it's fun. But that's enough about Elite Dangerous. Uh, that Harry Potter open world game has also been pushed back to 2022. Probably because COVID, but also probably because if I was that studio making that game, I'd push that thing back. As many times as I felt needed, because you have both video game fans and Harry Potter fans to deal with at that point if that thing goes sideways. Yep, I mean, let's just look at uh, Cyberpunk 2077 and look how people are mad at that. Don't fuck with Harry Potter fans, they'll stab you with wands. Yeah. I guess when we're talking about Cyberpunk, should we talk about Cyberpunk? Uh, yeah, sure. So it's been kind of a weird week for Cyberpunk and obviously, more importantly, CD Projekt Red. 
Uh, their co-founder, I'm going to butcher your name and I apologize, uh, Marcin Whiskey. I, I apologize, I do not speak the Polish very well, or at all, honestly. Uh, but he got out there and kind of publicly took ownership of the kind of Cyberpunk 2077 failures and fallout and rage around that. Basically kind of said, if you're mad at people, be mad at us. He's one of the two co-founders of CD Projekt Red, and it's kind of cool he did this, I guess. Like, it doesn't make the situation better. I think a lot of people have had the hot take of that we like to make of, we're sorry. We're sorry. And yeah, it kind of comes off as that, but also I think we're also typically in favor of people taking ownership of their fuck-ups. So, Especially people that are higher up. Yeah. Like, I like the, you know, if people actually, like, take responsibility for their actions, and when you're at the top, um, it was actually a, well, the buck stops here was a phrase, like, actually started by a U.S. president, as far yeah. as I know. At least that's one of the people it's attributed to. Yeah. The books, and he was talking about as president. Yeah. What, ha- what the government does under my, you know, under my leadership I'm I'm responsible for what comes out of it, and that's the thing. Same thing for if you're the CEO, founder, you know, if you're running a company, what they do, you can't act like, oh, this happened. I'm so surprised. No, you you you're you're at the top. Like <laughs> you're making the big decisions. And yeah, and as part of this, you kind of address several of the controversies and stuff like that. There's an updated roadmap as part of this, which is cool. Like we have some major patches, I guess, coming in the future, which will be. Cool. The free DLCs are still on the schedule, which is fantastic. I'm looking forward to them. Um, yeah, it, read into this what you want. Like, There's definitely some kind of okay eye-rollingness to be taken out of this. We're not saying there's not, but he did take ownership of this, and that's nice. Also, as part of this week, some research, speculation reports have come out that kind of fully detail more of maybe why we got the cyberpunk we got like as much as we like to talk about how long this game's been in development it didn't really get into a development till like 2016 and that makes things make a little bit more sense all of a sudden yeah I, it's a story of kind of typical video game bullshit of slightly faked trailers overly overly ambitious devs not quite well thought out kind of strategies for the game etc we've all done this before we've all done this song and dance before but yeah, that's it. That's your CD Projekt Red update of the week, I guess, in Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, like, mm. like I think I said back when the game first came out, if you can wait like six months, this game's going to be hella cool. If you can't wait six months and you have to know, just be prepared to kind of run into some weird bullshit, which is not excusable. But also, not the end of the world. Ah, but at the same time, Poland's Office of Competition and Consumer Protection is investigating CD Projekt Red because oh, of Cyberpunk. <laughs> they're, about get, they're about to get the fucking EA specials What's going to happen. It yeah, like. I, I think it's a little bit different, but uh, how do we go into this one? Um, all right, so the all right, so Poland's Office of Competition and Consumer Protection is exactly what it sounds like. Like they are, and this is on their consumer protection side. That is. This this is an office that's specifically for, like, if a company basically puts out something fraudulent or something hurts consumers, whatever, they investigate it. So now they are investigating CD Projekt Red. And essentially, one thing they have the power to do is 
if they find that CD Projekt Red has hasn't improved Cyberpunk 2077 enough to where it's it doesn't see where it's in a state that you know a state closer to what they claimed it would be when they sold it, they can impose fines equal to as much as 10% of the company's annual revenue. That's not a small number. 10% big chunk. That is a big chunk of money. So uh, and so essentially what it comes down to is they're investigating all right so if a product is released but you know if, if it doesn't match up to what they claimed it would be then you know it's a fraudulent you know fraudulent product that is the product promised something that it did not deliver. And it gives them a chance to improve it and if it's not improved enough which that's the weird metric like how are they going to measure that i mean that's why it comes down to a tribunal essentially they essentially decide all right have you improved it to where it actually is closer to what you initially promised yeah but that's that's a that's a pretty big fine that's you know most of the time fines are like I'd say closer to, you know, 0.001% of the company's income of their annual revenue, which that's usually like, all right, we'll take the fine, just kind of roll with it. One-tenth of their annual revenue, that is a big number. No matter what company you are, that is a large percentage. So that's, I'm going to say, that's going to light a fire under their ass to, to fix Cyberpunk 2077 as quickly as possible. So, yeah. And we but also have no this... idea how aggressive this thing actually is. Like, it's it, it but, might just kind of be a big public showing at this point. But who the fuck knows? Yeah, we'll we'll see. But this is the first government action I've been seeing against this. Yeah. So that's that's what I why I think this is especially interesting. Mo like the class action lawsuits are for you know buyers, consumers. Yeah, it's a little suspicious from where I'm sitting. That's like okay, whatever. But also. We'll see what happens. Let's give you an update on the Epic versus Everyone lawsuit extravaganza. I'm not doing the voice for our kind of corner fight. For this <laughs> one. I'm not sure I totally get this one enough to make it funny. But yeah, so uh, refresh your memory. Epic and Apple and Google are having a bit of a knife fight right now where Epic tried to circumvent. or Yeah, they put a way to pay for V-Bucks stuff directly through the game as opposed to through the app store, thus circumventing Apple's whole kind of financial situation and have taken the strong stance of we don't like this because the cut is way too high in Apple's favor, et cetera, et cetera. All of these are valid complaints. If anyone would be epic doing it, we'd be like, okay, yeah, probably like this seems a legitimate, but also you fuckers make one of the biggest games on the face of the planet, so you're not exactly hurting out there like other small indie devs are, but yeah, so they're now taking it to the UK Competition Appeal Tribunal. We've gone international, finally. And you lived in the UK at one point, Henry. Like, do you have a sense of what the fuck the, comp- the Competition Appeal Tribunal does? Um, Alright, so the Competition Appeal Tribunal is essentially kind of like a... It's, it's a combination of both sort of a antitrust organization, yeah. but also like a uh, sort of a fair... Fair market, a fair market. Okay, so that lines up with their ongoing claim of both companies use their platforms to kind of stranglehold and charge on, and it's not an even playing field. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. Yeah, I'm. I'm on their website, and I'm look, and I've actually pulled up a summary of the claim f- from the actual Competition Appeal Tribunal website, and I'll just read a small part of that. Sure. That's the actually I can read and make sense to me because yeah. I'm not a lawyer, but a lot it of says that. It says that Epic alleges that Apple's dominant in the iOS app distribution market and the iOS in-app payment processing market. So by being the sole channel for the distribution apps, it's using its position of dominance to charge unfair prices for the distribution of apps via the App Store. And so that's that's what they're that's that's I think that's a pretty good summary of what's yeah. happening here. It's it's what they've been claiming all along that because Apple's the only Apple market in town for Apple phones. That is a that is a monopoly of well, a sort. More importantly, like to get your stuff onto an Apple phone, you have to go to the app the app store. There's no real sideloading concept. And then on the kind of the Google end of things, you can sideload, but it's really fucking difficult. There's no secondary market. Yeah, it's it's not well. I, I it's not too difficult. Like I have. Uh, I, because I've written my own apps and put them on my phone, and yes, all you have to you do also is like are a programmer. I, uh, for the average person, I would say the uh, a you have to know about side loading and b like side loading is a pain. Uh, it's not just go to store, press a button. Uh, there's uh, it's usually just download a thing and then install it, but sure. uh, but it is it's not as easy as a store. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. It's not as easy as just going on a store and clicking on the thing. You have to go and actually seek out the thing and click on the thing to download, and then like have it turned on in your on your phone to allow third party apps or apps not yeah. certif- with a, without a certificate. I won't get into the technical details of that, but yeah, you have to go into a setting in your phone to allow for apps that aren't from the store to be installed on your phone. But yeah, it's very possible on Google. You could do it with your phones, but on Apple phones, it's you have to jailbreak your phone to do that. And but the problem is jailbreaking sync can sometimes just can brick your phone, or because of how much control Apple has over it. So I think their stronger case here is against Apple rather than Google. I think you're absolutely right. So, so what they're and so the relief that they're seeking is that. They they're saying that the terms of of things are unlawful. The removal of the Fortnite app is unlawful, and uh, yeah, and the restriction on the use of alternative in-app payment processing. See, that's what they're get also trying to say that actually we should be able to do that. Uh, uh, more interestingly, one of the things that they're they're, they're one in order preventing Apple from making access to the iOS software and or other Apple software conditional on the use of the App Store. So that, yeah, basically what they're saying is Apple should not be the, uh, the the only way to get onto an iPhone. So Or the Apple Store shouldn't be the only way to get onto an iPhone. So it's nothing we haven't heard before, but this is them them going to a government body to make a ruling on this. That's what's different here. Because the other one is court cases. Like between, you know, a civil, what we would, you know, consider a civil court case between companies. Now they're asking the a government to get involved, and that's what's making that's what makes this kind of different, I think, kind of 
Hmm, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. It continues to be a very weird topic, I guess. We're kind of in concept. I don't think any of us object to it. It's who's involved in it and why they're involved in it. That's like, eh. Yeah. It goes back to, yo, billion-dollar companies, go ahead and punch each other out as long as your your battle doesn't have fallout for the rest of us. Yeah. Speaking of billion-dollar companies, um, Take-Two is no longer pursuing to purchase Codemaster after EA fucking bought them. Yep, EA outbid them, so they let their they let their kind of caught their price for them, or at least their bid for them, lapse. Yeah, it's sorry, Codemasters. Out. Yep, Codemaster is if people don't know, they make the very awesome Dirt franchise, which I am a fan of. I like rally games, and Dirt is a great rally game franchise. I think they so, also made the game Damnation, which I dug up in my garage, and. It was not mm. an awesome game, but it did have cowboy parkour, which was stupid. <laughs> that kind of sounds amazing. The game could have been cowboy amazing. Parkour. It wasn't. Womp womp. Let me make sure I'm. Uh, let me make sure I'm not dragging them down unfairly, because you don't want to be associated with that video game. I, I was so excited for that fucking piece of shit too when it came out. Oh my god, this is gonna be so dumb. And it was, yep, Codemasters, they published it. Uh, it was developed by Blue Omega Entertainment. That makes more sense. Codemasters just kind of helped birth that shit show. That makes more sense. Yeah, uh, Codemasters has been around for a long time. I mean, yeah. they started in the 80s. So, I mean, they've been around a good yeah. amount of time at this point. Indeed. One of the more notorious things they did was uh, they wrote a lot of the games that were published by Camerica, who used the weird kind of circumvention of the Nintendo's lockout chip. So, for those that know, for the original NES, there is a sort of a built-in thing that only allowed official NES games to be played, like officially licensed NES games to be played on it. Um, Tengen found a way around it, Camerica hacked their way around it, and so they basically glitch the chip. It's really weird the way it works. But it's a pretty yeah, good transition, uh, actually, to kind of circumventing Nintendo copyright. So Nintendo is making copyright claims on videos that are that include kind of hacking the Game and Watch. So for those that don't know, there's a yeah, fifty dollar watch, fifty dollar Nintendo Game and Watch. That came with five games on it, essentially. It's basically um, kind of like a Tiger Electronic equivalent of a Game Boy, for those kind of mm, confused what we're talking about. Yeah. It's it's a very low-tech thing, but they're... But, well, at least the games themselves are kind of low-tech. But they're made on, I mean, the system itself is basically an emulator. It's a tiny computer. So that means it could be hacked and put more stuff on there. Which is what they've what people have been doing, so they essentially cracked open the device to see how they could maybe put something in there. See, there's no memory. There is no way to connect it, like to a USB port, but they found a way to kind of still include the uh, basically swap out the 
ROM file that's in the memory of it with one that contains more games. Which is, uh, but now, like, they, they're go Nintendo's going after the people that are making the videos on, essentially, how to hack it. So, but yeah, that's, I think that's really clear here, like, their, their circumvention of hardware, uh, every console's kind of been not happy about when this happens, so, yeah. We must return to the FGC. Our dear, beloved FGC, um, they are finally, and I do mean the words finally, getting around to making a code of conduct, which is good, and probably reactionary to kind of events that happened last year, and I, I as someone who's a fan of the horsehead mask era of the FGC, even recognizes, okay, yeah, it's, it's time. That, that era needs to die, because with it comes the lawlessness we've enjoyed previously, like, it's... For lack of a better phrase, it's time for the FGC to grow up, cut its hair, and get a slightly more functioning job than just hanging out with its friends. I think we'll be better off for it in the long term. Like we're not I'm over exaggerating some for the sake of jokes right now, but yeah, so how do we explain this one? Because explaining the fact that the FGC didn't have a code of conduct previous to this, I think is as important as to what the fuck the code of conduct actually is. But yeah, it's it's including stuff that like, uh, well, I, I, I don't know. I think we talked a bit about it, but there was a similar fallout that happened a few years ago with yeah. the uh, conventions, and you know, with basically similar things happening at conventions that are like really gross and disgusting, and like conventions starting at least starting to try to crack down on that a lot more. Well, and so if, if you want to go check this out, you can go to fgcoc.com, which is the official website of these Code of Conduct, and it lays them up pretty plain, and they are boring and dry, like permitting information for a building in Arkansas. Like, this is not some big, flourishy, ridiculous thing. This is some real buttoned-up, legally binding-ish reading you can go through, and it, it basically kind of seeks to establish a base, well, Code of Conduct, for the competitiveness of the FGC. Uh, those that aren't familiar with this, this is a beyond just kind of Evo and the big tournaments, it's a bunch of small local events that kind of lead to these big tournaments as makes sense, and behavior at those events has kind of been all over the place like as much as I enjoy Evo you've heard me make jokes in the past about how the real FGC is played in some dude's basement in horsehead masks that was also the FGC up until very recently kind of thing, and it's time for that era to end. With that era comes a bunch of, well, the bad behavior we've had in the FGC, the real problematic nature of it. Like, it's... The FGC is unique. We're kind of... We're, it, it's not esports. Like, we're esports very much kind of veered off and became very regulated and legitimized and, I think, corporate by a lot of people's feelings. The FGC at one point, I think back in like the early 2000s, basically said, nah, we want to keep being weird and... Here we are now in 2021 going, okay, yeah, maybe we should have cleaned up our act a little bit more than we did previously. I've read this list. There's nothing in here that kind of shocks me or I kind of find overly offensive as a huge fan of the FGC. I think most of it does a really good job of basically explaining that says, you got, we need to stop doing this. Like a lot of this, like, you will not see this impact a lot of what the FGC is to most people's opinions right now. You're just going to see things get a little bit more legitimized across the board, which is good. I keep using the phrase clean up the act some, but yeah, a lot of the kind of weirder, more endearing parts to me, which are also the more kind of 
insane parts of the whole community, they're finally being addressed. And they're going away as they probably should have when the 90s ended, but they stuck around because they were fun and weird and all that stuff. It's a long list. We're not going to go kind of bullet point by bullet point, but basically kind of establishes rules for... In fact, arguably the most important for this for me is that it finally kind of establishes investigation, education, enforcement rules for this. They, they're flat out saying we are going to enforce this. If we hear rumors, we're actually going to dig into this. Unlike in the past, where it was kind of on a tournament-by-tournament tournament basis, if that. Uh, I just kind of rewind pretty heavily back to when we were talking about the whole evil, the whole evil situation. Stories has existed for a long time. Like, I... There's always rumors in communities like this that run back a ways, and a lot of those times rumors get swept under the rug because people didn't want to think that about people. This basically says we can't do that anymore, which is a good thing. But, yeah. The end of an era. Probably a good end to an era, but end of an era nonetheless. You guys any thoughts on this beyond that, or nah? Um... I just want to see some FGC shit. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. (laughs) I just want to see some fucking FGC shit again. I miss watching Yipes go on commentary and just destroy stuff. I miss all the hype matches. I miss watching people eat fucking crow live on stream. Like the fucking Pog Champ bullshit we've had to live through recently. That's just another, like, really? Jeez, fucking Gutex has gone off the He was always off the good deep end. That's the problem. Yeah, he just... He just made it more public. Yeah, he he swapped yeah. the deep end for a little while. It's just like, okay, we can no longer... Like, like I said, we can no longer choose to kind of be selective with how we choose to react to this. Like, this is addressing that. Yeah, I, I miss Sonic Fox. Yeah. But it's, Sonic Fox playing live is always There's a lot so to miss about the FGC period. Like, I, I don't care if... There are, there are good games. things there. Yeah. There are good things there. It's not all awful. <laughs> like, I, I don't care. Like, yeah. Even if you don't like fighting games, it's still some of the most entertaining video game competition you can watch because people inherently get the sport of fighting. And that's what that thing is, ultimately. Farewell, FGC. Welcome the new FGC. Let's get Evo 2021 on the books, please. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, that's it for news this week. Uh, we have one email we've been sitting on for a little while. It came in from Jeff, so I felt okay sitting on it. I'm not quite sure how to do this one. We'll do it in a second. If you want to email us, you can contact us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down in the show notes. Except you raw, except you raw. Send them in. We love hearing from you people. But I am going to distribute now a list to you two as I intro this, and you're going to kind of Hopefully this makes sense. I've now reread this email a couple times, and I don't quite get it. Uh, coming in from Jeff. Hello, fuckers. So it's been a hot minute since anyone has fucked with you all. Of course. I recently I watched a YouTube, uh, watched a YouTube video where uh, were they? Okay, were they a game called Translated Loose Lyrics? They took touring bands and sat them down and made them guest names such as their own songs translated into other languages. Below, I've included some songs that I have provided the artists because making you guys guess any song from any would just be way too nuts. Alex, let the others guess the Spanish one before you give the answers. Same goes for you and Henry on ja- same goes for you and Henry on Japanese. Also, 
It's Google Translate, so cut me some slack. Here is the list. I'll be <laughs> putting it into our general chat. Hopefully this works. I'm assuming these are, ba- I'm assuming these are song names. All right, from Amon Amarth, we have in Spanish. Um, you want to pronounce that for us, Alex? Uh, Crepúsculo del Dios de Trueno. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I know a bit of them on Earth, yeah. Twilight uh, of the Thunder Gods? Oh, uh, I think so. Okay, yeah, we, we have an answer key for this. We will get to it in a second. Uh, so that's my guess, Twilight of the Thunder Gods. Henry didn't have shit. Okay. Mm. Lamb of God, Italian. I'm going to have Alex do this again because Italian's closer to Spanish than anything else the rest of us speak. Oh, okay. Uh, Ora hai qualcosa per cui morire. I guess. <laughs> I I don't even have a have a guess. <laughs> Walk with oh me in hell. Reading it, reading it, and pronouncing it is just like it just made it worse. I, I I'm going <laughs> with Walk with me in hell. I'm, that's just my guess. It's not uh, that many Lamb of God songs. I know. Uh, Ailstorm, Russian. Devki uh, Amit. Uh, I would say, let's see. Uh, Alright, or, or my guess for Lamb of God. Um, walk with me in hell? That's what I said, too. Yeah, that's that's my best guess. I'm just going off yeah, a number just, of words. I'm just going off, okay, it's roughly the same number of words. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm like, yeah, actually, that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> Uh, Ailstorm, Russian, uh, Devki Emit. I'm hoping I pronounced that even remotely correctly. Um, I don't know Ailstorm. Uh, that's more Yeah, your... I'm trying to guess. Uh, you got any ass guesses, Alex? I know this is the worst one for you. Fuck no! Yeah. Oh. First of all, I don't listen to I any know. of these bands. This is, this is Jeff calling my ass out, and I appreciate it, but... I got nothing on that one. Um, drink, I guess. Like, because fuck, I gotta make a guess for this. Uh, Deathlock, uh, Death Clock, Korean. Want to pronounce that one, Henry? All right, that is uh, Kaiuda. Mermaider? Uh, I can't. I don't get to guess yes. this one. Yes, you got any guesses, Alex? Fuck no. <laughs> Ah, uh, the Dreadnoughts, French. Uh, fuck you, Jeff. Just fuck you. Uh, none of us speak French. I'm terrible at <laughs> interpreting French. Yep. I occasionally <laughs> pronounce touche as touchy. I hate to piss my sister off, but because I forget. Uh, les somme es pour las... Fables? Bibles? Ah. Uh, Nope, I got nothing. Uh, I don't know the Dreadnoughts. Yeah, they're a Canadian band. Uh, Rob Zombie, Japanese. Uh, uh, what the Okay, fuck? well, I can pronounce it. I mean, yeah. yes, yesu Frankenstein. I'm assuming it's Feed My Frankenstein, but to the yeah. answer key, because Jeff is an asshole. Yep. I know the Death Clock one. Yep. Uh, you want me to just say? Uh, so let's go through the list. Uh, we got the yeah. So Amonamarth wasn't due twelve of the Thunder Gods. I was right. Yeah, a Lamb of God was. Now you've got something to die for. Nope, wouldn't have gotten that. 
Nope. Uh, Alestorm was <laughs> wenches in mead. Yeah, sure, that tracks. That that tracks. Death Clock was awakened. Damn, I went for the one word name, so I should have guessed awakened. <laughs> uh, Dreadnoughts was sleep uh, sleepless for the week. That makes sense. And Rob Zombie was Jesus Frankenstein. It's close. Yeah, Ye- yeah. Yesu is uh, that's that's why I wasn't going to tell you. Yesu is like how you say Jesus in Japanese. Huh. I never knew. Yeah, of course. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, obviously Alex knew all these. He was just playing along. Obviously. Gosh, guys. Fuck you, Jeff, for making me pronounce French words on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. F- uh, fun fact, there's a part of Japan, where, or at least a town or an area, where people claim that there are people there that are descendants of, of Jesus. Sure. Fuck it. Why not? That he, that he, that he, oh. that he moved to Japan. He had his uh, a Korean half-brother take his... That took his place on the cross. He came to Japan, had children. That's a that's a that's a real thing. That sure. at least say that's why a real not? story in a town in Japan. Sure, fuck it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> all I got on that one. Now that we've we've all been succinctly kind of thrashed at other languages, I guess. God, <laughs> Jeff, I hate you. Said a lot that on this podcast. Uh yeah, wickedawesomecast.gmail.com. Send them in. Please don't make us try and guess it for language song names. Especially when I'm the only one that knows all the bands we're fucking talking about. I, I knew I knew good half of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on Amarth, Lamb of God, Death Clock, and Rob Zombie. I definitely listen to all those. I know only know of Alestorm through you, and I've never heard of the Dreadnoughts. The only reason to know about Alestorm is through other people. <laughs> They're unknowable. Unless someone else is like, have you heard about pirate metal? It's terrible, but fun. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That, that's it for our wee little podcast this week, obviously. Um, you two got anything you want to kind of promote before we close this one out? Um, other than, you know, you can find me on all my normal social medias and things like that. Uh, Mave Online. What's it called? Uh, across the board and all the fun stuff. So that's uh, Twitch, Facebook Gaming. Uh, where else am I? YouTube. That's right. I'm on the YouTubes. You're on IG as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forget I'm on IG. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I post random shit every once in a while. So, uh, yeah. Hit me up. I'll stream some point this week. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. Mordak on everything. M O R D four K. No big plans in the future except be screaming at Twitter lately. Yeah, I'm Kraken Zero. That's spelled Z E R Zero, and that's on all social media or not all social media because I don't like Twitter basically. Uh, but I am on Instagram and I'm on Facebook Facebook page and I'm on Twitch. That's what I am on Twitch. So that's that's the easiest way to find me. I'm also, like, if you see somebody running around in, like, Destiny or other MMOs and that name is Kraken Zero, that is most likely me. Yeah. So. I think that does it for this week, boys. Who wants to close it out? Cue the battle!